0: Thanks for following along the second season of Crime Beat, and thanks so much to the listeners who have supported our sponsor, the La Mirada Theatre for the Performing Arts. I've seen shows there several times, and it's a great night out. In January, they will have a new play, the very dark comedy, Arsenic and Old Lace. There will be more details and a discount code later in this episode. So thank you to the La Mirada Theatre for the Performing Arts. Some of the descriptions details, and language in this podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Something wasn't right. Sam Lopez had been convicted. He apologized. He said in court that everything prosecutor Matt Murphy had said in the trial was correct. Basically, it was a confession without a confession. The case against Sam was built on two things his own incriminating interviews, and confirmation of certain details by his cousin, Javier Lopez. Here's the thing that wasn't right. Javier never stopped lying. For this episode, I'm going to let you hear two things. I'll play them for you in the order they happened. First, I'll play parts of Javier's final plea bargain. It's also called a proffer. This was the third time he was called in front of a group of police and prosecutors to tell the truth. The statement runs more than two and a half hours, so I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'll give you about an hour so you can hear the relevant parts of the story from Javier's own mouth. My name is Keith Sharon. I'm a reporter with the Southern California News Group. In 1994, Kathy Torres, a 20-year-old student at Cal State Fullerton, never came home from working a Saturday night shift in the photo department at Savon. In this podcast, I'm going to look at just how cold a case can get. I'm going to tell you about Kathy's mother, Mary Bennett, her family, Detective Darren Wyatt, and their extraordinary and frustrating two-plus-decade pursuit of justice. This is Crime Beat, Season 2, Episode 13, Javier Lopez's Final Guilty Plea. In this proffer, Javier is sitting in front of Detective Darren Wyatt, Prosecutor Matt Murphy, Murphy's investigators Larry Montgomery and Lisa Hunter, and Javier's attorney Jack Early. As you listen to this, remember, Kathy Torres wasn't pregnant, and Javier and Sam were together for the entire night. Javier drove Sam to the Baskin-Robbins ice cream shop on the night Kathy Torres disappeared. And one more thing, Javier mentions going to his friend's house, John Barroso, on the night that Kathy disappeared. Barroso was arrested, but all charges against him were dropped. When the proffer's finished, I'll play you something very special. A week ago, on the second day of 2020, I had breakfast with Mary Bennett, Kathy's mom, and Tina Mora, Kathy's sister. Tina told me a great story about the night of Javier's proffer. He was supposed to be released from the Orange County Jail at midnight, So Tina planned to go. She wanted to look him in the eye. That's all. She wasn't going to attack him. She wasn't going to bring a sign and hold it up. She just wanted him to see that someone from Kathy's family was there watching. But earlier that evening, NBC's Vicky Vargas broke the story that Javier would be released at midnight. To avoid a crowd and media attention, Javier was released before midnight. He was gone before Tina could get to the jail to stare him down. She told me that story at breakfast, and that morning, I asked her if she would do me a favor. Would she read the statement she read to the court the day she heard Javier Lopez would be pleading guilty to involuntary manslaughter? She said she would. So here we go. First, Javier's plea, then Tina's statement. Here's the special offer from the La Mirada Theater for the Performing Arts. Buy one ticket to Arsenic and Old Lace, get one free. Use the promo code ANTBOGO, A-U-N-T-B-O-G-O. Enter the code before selecting your seats. Valid on all performances of Arsenic and Old Lace. Offer good on full price tickets only. Tickets are available at LaMirataTheatre.com.
1: Don't miss Broadway's classic killer comedy, Arsenic and Old Lace. Combining murder and mayhem with zany humor, Arsenic and Old Lace is an uproaring comedy that gives hospitality a bad name. Opens January 24th through February 16th. Tickets at com. I explained to you um, what our goal was, which is to um, discover the truth about the the murder of Kathy Torres.
2: Uh, And that's all we're looking for here today is the truth. Uh, and I've told you that on every single occasion. Uh, as you know, probably from your attorney, there, uh, there's some physical evidence in the case that, that points in certain directions. Um, <clears throat> but you're the only person uh, that's sitting in this room today that can tell us the truth about what occurred that night. Okay? Um, and I know you know, everybody knows that you haven't been honest with us in the past about this. And uh, my understanding is that today you're here because you want to tell us the truth. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So what I'd like to do is, uh, is to start with, I want you to tell me everything that you know about the murder of Kathy Torres, your involvement, anybody else's involvement, um, people who are involved directly in the murder, people who are involved in uh, concealing the crime after it occurred, anything and everything that you can think of to tell me about. And I'm just going to let you talk. And then after that, Uh, there's going to be questions that I have and we'll go back and we'll go over it and and I'll ask specific questions. Uh, Larry may ask some questions. Lisa may ask some questions. Mr. Early may ask some questions. But to start with, I want you to just start and tell me uh, from the beginning, you know, how you met Kathy, what your relationship with her was, uh, and then the events that occurred uh, that led to her death and uh, all that. You understand? Yes. Well, I met Kathy
3: through well, I've known her for years. She lives in my, used to live in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, down the street, um, and then she got closer to me through my cousin uh, Sam. Um, he started dating her in high school, um, not too, quite sure what year, towards the end of her, her senior, his senior year, um, and. After we graduated, um, they were still seeing each other. Um, He was seeing Perla, another girl that he was dating at the time, and seeing his juggling both girlfriends at the time. Um, And this was um, several weeks before the missing of Kathy Torres, that she, that my cousin came over to my house, by himself, and You're talking about Sam. Yeah, yeah, cousin Sam came over to my house, and he um, he took me in, uh, took me off to the side, which is in my room. Um, remember that, and he he told me I'm having have a little situation. And I said, Well, whatever you need, cousin, you know, let me know. And he said um, Kathy Torres is pregnant and I got her pregnant um, I'm not too quite sure he, Well, I, I was assuming he said I got her pregnant but that was my assumption since he was saying that she was pregnant and um I said well what, what's gonna, what are you gonna do you know um, he said well um I want to have an abortion but she wants to keep the baby well uh, you know whatever you need um, let me know um, I'm here for support you know I know you and and he said well my dad my dad's gonna kill us yeah. and Uh, You know, it's like, no, don't worry about it, you know, everything will be fine. These things happen. And um, right there and then, my sister or my mom called me from the kitchen area, living room, to come and eat now. So let's go. Let's go. uh, And he stopped me. He said, promise not to say nothing. You have my word. I will not say a word. So we went out to go eat. Water on the bridge. Time passed. No big deal. Um, um, the subject may have come up again. Not too clear when, but we talked about it again. Um, and there was no no details or anything like that, so we just continued water under the bridge. Now, um, I don't know if my friend Sergio... And Corinne, I don't know if they physically told me face to face or by telephone that they wanted to, they needed help to help move to Corona from Ann Mills. And this um, was on the 12th of uh, uh, February, um, the day Kathy was missing. Um, I don't know if he called Sam. Or he told me to tell Sam if he could could use his truck. He had a big truck to help him move. Mm -hmm. Um, We waited for him. He didn't show up. And this was in the morning. Uh, Sergio came over to my house. And we waited for him. Didn't show. We hung out a little bit. And we took off. Me and Sergio left to Corinne's mom's house at one in uh, We showed up there. Uh, we started um, loading the stuff into Corinne's uh, mom's car or her stepdad's Isuzu truck. Had it, and we just started doing what we can until Sam arrived. I don't know if we paged him a few times or called him at the house to see where he was. He was never punctual, so we just started without him. He shows up late. Um, I don't know what time, but we still had time to go ahead and load, start loading his truck. And I remember uh, a refrigerator reloaded also. there, was a, there was, um, Sergio's mom was defrosting the freezer, and that was the first time I first seen anybody defrost the freezer with the douchebag. And we laughed about it. That's how I, I remember that clearly.
4: They were spraying water on it?
3: She was, yeah. And, okay. um, Corinne's mom was. Gotcha. And we loaded the truck. Um, I don't know if I cut myself loading the truck or unloading the truck. It was nothing. Cut myself in my right hand, finger area. Um, we went over, started driving to Corona, got delayed, uh, stuff started flying off the back of the truck. Um, we pulled over. Um, Corinne was angry at us because we lost um, her baby's blanket in the freeway. And we waited for it to um, brush over the side of the freeway. We took off, went to Sergio's uh, new house in Corona, unloaded all this stuff, unloaded, um, the stuff, know. finished meeting, uh, but then of course we were all down there already. All of you together still? The yeah. Same people? Mm-hmm. Okay, Sam was there? Yeah. Okay. And from there we finished up and I told Sergio and Corinna, hey, we've got to get going because I have uh, we're going to be celebrating my sister's birthday at a club that night. So i got to get home and get ready. It's getting late.
2: Without Do you remember what time that was?
3: No, I don't remember. Is it still light outside? Yeah. No. Because uh, we start driving back. Um, back Can I just say back?
4: we started driving back? Home oh, that's me.
3: just me and Sam and his truck. Okay. Um, I'm back from Corona, and he tells me, he says, Well, um, guess what? He What? He um, and, and Kathy are going to get married. We're going to elope. I was really used to the fact that he was out of his dilemma of, of uh, what to do, whether have the abortion. He was pretty stressed out, worried about what to do. I said, well, you know, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you, you uh, I'm happy for both of you. Like I said, cousin, whatever you need, I'm there for you. Whatever you need. He said, well, I'm, well, I'm going to need a little bit of cash. He said, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I got to go home, um, check my, balance my checkbook, whatever, see what money I have for you just start driving. We're still driving down the 91 freeway. We show show up to my house and I told them to come in, you know. I said, no, no, I gotta get going. All right. well, um, how about I call you and, um, come pick me up or come over and give me a ride over to John's house. On the way, uh, and then I'll give you the money. Okay. it
4: so, up? Yeah. Okay.
3: So then he, he ended up taking off. I got out. I went in, got ready, showered, got ready for the party for the nightclub. We we're gonna go out. and um we waited for him. I called him. Didn't show. Shows up late.
2: When you say you called him, were you calling it at home or were you
3: paging him? I don't remember. I don't know. Probably it was pager. I think we went off pages a lot that time. Um, I may have tried his house. I don't know. So then he finally shows up. It was late. He shows up, pulls in, and I was already waiting by the window for him. I went outside. It almost defeated the, the purpose because everybody was already. Getting ready, ready to go to the club. To jump in his truck, and he's crying. He's broken up. They you don't know what defeat the purpose of defeat the purpose of what? Of me even going to John's house. I was going to go to John's before, so I could drink, smoke a little weed before. I That's
4: why you wanted to ride over there. Yeah. But from Sam, you were looking for a ride from Sam to get over there so you could.
3: Go yeah. And, can, okay. and at the same time, I can give him. Some some money for what he uh, for his, for him to go vote. Where did you get the money for that? Well, oh, I have money. I have cash. At a home uh-huh. like? Okay. Uh-huh. And so. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: We're seeing we' he in the same truck at this point? The same truck that he had driven earlier. Yes.
3: Yes. We jump in his car. He's crying. Um, we start driving. He starts going down Lawrence Street and ask him what's going on. What's wrong? He said <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, God.
2: i'm sorry, how were up couldn't hear her see
3: these <laughs> <he's, he's> <laughs> this is
2: what sam said
4: After
3: that, I I said, What happened? I thought something happened or an accident. (laughs) I don't know, he kept saying, She's got it. She killed
4: Is that for words you use? Probably something like that, or do you know for
3: sure? It all happen so. Okay. How? What happened? <sighs> with the there was a knife thing.
2: That's what he said was with the knife
4: thing. a knife. and thing. Knife, just
3: thing. Knife, knife. thing. Like I didn't get it. And I said, okay. well, that's why my, my adrenaline starts popping. And I said to calm him down. Don't worry. I said I'd be there for you.
4: What was his? I know it's like you were crying here, but was what was he doing at this time when he was telling you that? What was his demeanor? Yeah, he was
3: he was broken up.
4: He was crying too. Yeah.
3: Okay. I remember that, you know, I was like, so I, I told him, "What well, with what? Where is it?" He said, "It's it's in the car." I left it. We're still driving down north, so I said, well, you know, I start thinking, you know what, I, I told him, I said I'd be there for you, whatever you need, you know, without the weapon thing, thing and I got, they ain't got nothing on you. He said, are you serious? I said, yeah, without that, you have a pretty good chance, we gotta go get it. I said, no. I don't want to go back. <laughs> I told we have to. So he he drives me to an apartment complex on the corner of uh, Angelina and and Chapman. Angelina. Angelina and Chapman. How I mean, do you remember which corner the apartment complex on. That would be on the the one away from the police station. That would be the west, uh, west side, would it
4: okay. be? The west side would be towards the 57th
3: freeway. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And would it be on the north side, meaning towards Cranberry Junior High, or on the south side? T-
3: towards Cranberry Junior High.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the apartment complex looked like?
3: Um, uh, it's, uh, I remember it. But I can tell you and point it, point it out. I don't know what color or nothing like that. And every time I drive by there, I want to look. <laughs> I never want to look over there.
4: So you drove to that location? Do you have Google map here? Yep. You, probably you can find
3: it. They pull into the driveway.
2: I think I know which complex it is, but I, I just
3: got carports. That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. Are there apartments on both sides? I believe so. Is it on a, the right side or the left side? Uh, there's apartments, I believe, in all four corners of Angelina and mm-hmm. and Chapman, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. So we'll look at that in a minute. We
3: pulled into the into the apartments. Okay. And we see I see uh, the carport right ahead, straight ahead. Parked the car and he jumps out of the car and takes off. Did
4: you see the car or just the carport? No, I,
3: I just saw when we pulled in. I saw where the carport was. I didn't know what it was like before I I jumped out and I followed him.
2: When so, you when you pulled in, did you pull in off of Angelina or off of Chapman?
3: Off of Chapman. I don't know if there's an entrance yeah. off of. And when
2: you it pulled in is. off of Chapman, did you have to go through a gate, or was there open
3: parking? Open parking. And pulled in, stopped the car. He jumps out, I jump out. And
2: he's still driving the truck at this point?
3: Yeah. Okay. He takes off and I follow him. Were they walking or running? Like walking fast, almost like a jogging.
4: Did he park in a carport or did he just...
3: park left it out front. Okay. When you, you
4: say out front, like out on the street? or No, no. Out? Okay.
3: Pulling in, leaving it like... Up. In front of the carport.
4: In a stall, or so. So, it was blocking a stall, or blocking cars that were Like the entrance.
3: There? You see, Hart pulled in and mm-hmm. stopped the truck. Okay. He jumps out, goes over. I follow him. By the time I go around, I see the front of the car. And the back window has smears of some something. I look over. But when you say in the back window,
2: do you mean the very back window or one of the passenger windows? The very
3: back window. And it was pulled in in reverse.
4: So the front end is sticking out towards yeah. the regular part where people mm-hmm. drive? And I
3: could see through. Uh-huh. It's like smeared. So I run around back by the end. Of, the hood has already been opened. The hood's been opened? He went and opened
4: it. Now which hood are you talking
3: about? Oh, the trunk. I'm sorry. All right.
2: Were you there when he opened the trunk?
3: Well, he had popped it open when I was turning a corner.
2: How did he pop it open? Did he have the key? Did he open the car? I don't know.
3: Okay. So I walked around. The, the, the trunk was open. That's where I start.
4: Did you see Javier? Oh,
3: God! a few deep
4: breaths, maybe.
3: And then he took off. He just left me there. I'm in shock.
2: What do you mean he took off?
3: He went to go either move, to go get the truck, get something out of the truck. I was just looking in there. I look around and I see like a, it's a knife with a well. I just saw an object and it was a knife or some sort of like a, a slim jim with a handle on it, or a leather cutter. I don't know. I initially saw it, looked in there, and then he had already brought the truck around and parked it right next to Kathy's car. Was it dark? It was dark. I I was but I, I, I don't know if it was a, a light from inside the carport or the light inside the trunk. But you could see. It. you I could, could see, still see there
4: was some light in there for you to see. Yeah. And it was artificial light. It was something from a yeah a source.
3: Okay. And when when Sal had pulled in, he got out of the truck and starts walking around back.
2: Did he pull the truck in head in or did yes, he back in as well? he
3: pulled it head in.
2: Was it on the driver's side or the passenger side of the car of Kathy's car that he pulled it?
3: That would be because she was backed in. That would be on the passenger side.
4: So the passenger side of his truck was against the passenger side of her car. Yes.
2: So there were open carports right mm-hmm. next to it. Yeah.
3: When he had taken off, it felt like eternity for me. It felt like he was taking forever. So when I looked in, I just I couldn't wait. I just said, you know what? I rolled up my sleeves. I didn't want to get any blood on me because she was covered in in I grabbed the, the knife and I started walking between the cars stopped walking between the cars and then he was walking between the cars also like momentarily By then there was a car a car pulling into the into um, the apartments and then I saw him so made a turn to go on the other side, on the driver's side. And I start backing up with the knife in my hand. The car pulls in, and I didn't want him or her to see me, so I go like this, like this, across, like this, like that.
4: Across to the left side of your body? So yeah. Holding the knife, it looks like in your right hand?
3: Yeah. I cut myself right here. I don't know and I I looked over the car stopped I looked dead in the eyes Caucasian I remember him he looked right right in the, right in the eyes and I squint like this to disguise my face or whatever I was
4: was the trunk still up?
3: yeah my, my hands are inside the trunk like this because I didn't want him to see what I had in my hand. And that car takes off. I see the taillights go back on. I was thinking he's going to pull in the sights right next to my cousin's truck on the other side. That's when I dropped the knife inside the trunk. And I think he's going to pull in. So I start pushing her body from her, her legs, her thigh area. just pushing her body, her upper body back so if he pulls in he looks over and sees me standing in the back of the truck with the with the body in there it's not you know it's not gonna look good. So that's my first reaction. By then Sam's over here on my left already squatting behind the trunk of the car also the trunk's open. So there's he's there's,
4: squatting like hiding?
3: Yeah like this. Behind the trunk so he doesn't
4: crouching down.
3: Yeah. And then um, he takes off to the truck.
4: Did the person actually
3: park? No, the car took off. And then he goes to the truck. I pick up the knife. He comes back. He has a little rag in his hand. Put the knife in there. And I told him, we got to move this car. I said, why? We got to move it right now. That guy just ID'd me. going didn't find the body. Anytime soon, I'm done. And then he, he goes and tells me, go ahead, take my truck, I know where to go. So I walk, start walking over between the cars, and then I realize, you know what, I better take a look and make sure he didn't leave anything else. And I even asked him, did you leave anything else? So I opened the car, took my hand in, the body in, the, fr- the um, front, the passenger side, close it. This is
2: on the... Passenger front door. Mm-hmm. Okay. I look in the
3: front, look in the back, close the door, and then um, I go around. And then my cousin comes up to me with a, a towel. He's he was wiping down, He's wiping down the car, and he says, "Where'd you cut yourself?" And he sees my arm. He gives me the towel and I wrap it. He goes, "Don't touch nothing." So then he goes back to the car to go look for something else. I guess to wipe down the car. Comes back and right then I start coming over, going over to this to his truck. He goes, give here. Make sure you get everything. I, I give him the towel. I get in his car. So was him
4: what towel? The was towel you? I had on my arm.
3: Okay. And give him the towel, and I, and I jump in his car, and he said, follow me to uh, the Central End Hospital. And that's where he wanted to take it. I get in the car, I start pulling out, and I see him wiping down the car. And I even stopped, and I said, don't tell me you're just wiping down that, He's in my towel that I just had on me. Don't tell me that. And he looked confused, and he said, no, 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 don't worry about it, and closes the trunk. He gets in the car, and he starts taking off. I'm behind him. I can't drive his car too well, because his, his uh, first gear never worked. Is it a stick shift? Yeah. I'm driving. I remember I stalled. I don't know where, either coming out of the parking structure, or... Just initially taking off. I follow him. We end up going to the uh, the Central the Hospital. Drop off to, he was there ahead of me. I pulled in. We switch places and then he takes me over. He to was there first, you said Pardon?
4: you said he was there first? Yeah. Did you lose sight of him on the way over there? Yes.
3: Well not lose sight, he was ahead of me quite a ways. But he was there a lot before I was. We, we switch places. We gets him. He takes over. We start driving over down to John's house. We get to John's house. I go, get out of the car. I don't know if he went to go park it. We went over to John's. To see cause my family is supposed to pick me up there. My sister doesn't know where he lives. So she was... Expected me to be waiting downstairs uh, and you know, down the cul-de-sac from the street from where (coughs) she lives.
4: You were supposed to meet her down the street from from where John lives? Where
3: John lives, the apartments, um, there's a street that runs through there, I don't know what street that is, but I was supposed to wait down there for her and I wasn't there. So um, I went over to see if John i see my family, and you no. Know, so I went back, and he once initially, when he saw me, he knew. He knew something was up, and he said, what's wrong? And I still walking back. I didn't answer. John asked you what's wrong you? Yeah, and I didn't answer. And so walking back, he sees, by then, Sam had already come out of his truck. Come, We, we met up around, up the corner, like, uh, I can't I can't remember maybe how far it was from the the doorway of mm-hmm. John's house. I went over to use a payphone. Right there that's pretty close to the um, to his house. There's a little payphone there. I went to call my house. I don't know if I called my house, I paid somebody to go get me up to come pick me up. You know if it was you, my
2: house. Who did you talk to, do you, you know? know?
3: I can't remember. But I remember they said that they had already taken off for me and they came there. They didn't see me and they took off already. So when I called them they came back for me again, the second time. When I finished with that conversation on the phone and start walking back towards the towards the dumpster, I see John and Sam there talking. When I arrived Sam was telling, talking this to John, and I told him, you know what, don't say anything. Don't say a word. I don't want... And
4: Sam already told him?
3: I don't know. When I was on the phone, I don't know what they talked about. And I said, don't say nothing. I don't even want to know what happened. Did you tell Sam that
4: in front of John? Huh? Did you tell Sam that in front of John? Right in front of John. Yes, I did. You said don't tell Sam. Don't. Yeah. Don't I said, Do you know what? Don't, don't tell
3: him anything. And I don't even want to know what happened. here, just the least amount. No, the better we're off. And then my family, my sister came over to pick me up. I think it was her car pulling. I don't know who was behind her. They picked me up and we took off to the club. But then by then, Sam had already taken off. He was. He was already. He said he was.
4: You had taken
3: off before your sister arrived? Yeah.
4: You had already taken off. So, I just want to kind of make sure I got this straight. You went to make the phone call. How long were you making the phone call for about? Um,
3: it was rather quick. I don't know. A couple of minutes, I guess. Yeah. Less than that. After yeah, a
4: couple, couple of minutes, then you come back. And during that couple of minutes, they have been talking together? Yeah. Or at least close to each other anyway? Yeah. And what was John Barroso's attitude or situation at that time?
3: Well, oh, uh, he, he just, uh, I, I can recall, I was in shock. All right. I know you were in
4: shock. I mean, let me ask you a couple of things. Sam, you said in the car, was crying, he told you. And just from your reaction to what I have seen right now, I'm assuming you were upset. Is that accurate? Were you upset at that time? Or were you, what was your demeanor at that moment, at that time when you were over at Grosso's house?
3: I was going off adrenaline.
4: Of okay, so you weren't crying or upset? For no, Or no. at least appearing upset? And how about Sam at that point?
3: Uh, probably the same way. Okay,
4: so you guys weren't crying or unable to communicate or not, like that you guys were, appeared somewhat normal to John?
3: I would say so I don't know how, how he looked at me but,
4: you know I
2: mean, you said that when you first walked up John could tell because he immediately asked yeah. you what was wrong well
3: yeah the look on my face but I wasn't like falling apart I must have been pale in my face
2: did you have blood on your clothing no how about Sam
3: I did not see blood on him
2: and do you remember which sister picked you up
3: I believe it was Virginia, because she was the one that was trying to trail me down. She was initially the one that was going to pick me up.
2: And you said there was a car following behind her? Yes. And who was that?
3: I don't know. I don't know if it was Sergeant Corinne at that time, but they had already come down with my brother. I can't recall. I remember there was, from there, we had taken off directly to, to the nightclub.
2: We'll come back to this uh, in a little bit, but, um, so carry on from there, um, Virginia, or one of your sisters picked you up. Sam had already left at that point. And where did we go from there?
3: When, when, the, when my sister picked me up, uh-huh. then we went to the nightclub.
4: You did mention, we were just discussing this, you did mention that there was a point where your sisters or your family members came by and couldn't find you. Mm-hmm. Was that before you got there? Yes. That was before you ever arrived at before the scene? Before I arrived. So they knew at that time they were supposed to, you had already made arrangements with them to come by Barroso's yes. house or at least down the street from Barroso's house Yeah. to meet with you and they couldn't find you, and then later on you made a phone call once you got there? To
3: come back and pick me up. Okay. And, and you had
2: a pager at that time, correct? Mm-hmm. During that time, had any of your family members paged you? For example, they arrived there and you're not there. Had they tried to get in touch with you? Is there any attempt to communicate with you to find out where you were?
3: I believe so, because after, after the fact, I, I see on my pager. I really can't remember if it went off or if I had any missed calls. Okay. I'm assuming so.
2: So Virginia picks you up, and what happens from there?
3: We end up going to the nightclub. We end up taking off. Um, I went to L.A. or somewhere, I don't even remember. But we got there so late that we didn't even get to set foot inside the nightclub. We just went out to go to dinner instead.
2: And where was that at?
3: In, um, I don't know. I don't remember where it was.
2: Where you went for dinner?
3: I don't know if it was the Danny's or Carol's.
2: And who always present?
3: Um my sister, her her boyfriend at the time, me and I know my brother Miguel, his girlfriend. I don't know who else was there. Off the top. My head. I can't remember. Okay. we'll come back to that as well.
2: Okay, so you have dinner, and what happens from there?
3: And we all go home.
2: Did any of the, the people that you were with that night notice that you were acting unusual and ask you what was wrong?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, but they, what? Well, um, I know somebody. Uh, my my sister boyfriend at the time. He noticed that my hand was cut. And you even mentioned the fact that... Where did you cut yourself? I said, I just cut myself. Was it was
2: Virginia's name? boyfriend?
3: Uh-huh. Adrian.
2: What's Adrian's last
3: name? I remember. I remember so much years, too.
4: Did he ask you about it?
3: Yeah, he so said, "What happened?" I said, "I cut myself."
2: Okay. And from dinner, where did you guys go? I
3: don't remember for what? Back to um, my brother's girlfriend's house or my house? I truly really can't recall.
2: During this uh, time period there, when you're talking, when you're riding over with Sam, you're seeing the body and all of that, did you ask him again what happened? No.
3: Mm-mm.
2: Did you remove anything from the vehicle, either the inside of the vehicle or the trunk besides the, uh, the, the weapon?
3: Did I re- No. Did Sam? I don't know. He may have.
2: Did you ask him?
3: Well, he, it all happened so fast. never asked
2: him. And you said that Sam and John were near a dumpster when they were talking, correct? That's correct. What were they doing at the dumpster?
3: I saw the wallet and could swore that I saw the purse also inside the trash can as well.
2: So you looked inside the dumpster? Is it one of the big blue dumpsters? Yes, sir. Okay, and where was that in relation to John's apartment?
3: Well you come down the apartment steps, make a right, which would be heading north, I think. First dumpster um, would be the dumpster on the left hand side. There's, I don't know if there's only one dumpster there.
2: Did you see either Sam or John with the purse? Who did you see with the purse?
3: I saw Sam. I saw Sam handing John the wallet. Okay.
4: Did and you see what John did with the wallet once he was handed it?
3: There was money in
4: it. What did they do with the money?
3: They took it out.
4: Who's they?
3: Um, John and Sam.
2: Who was holding the wallet at that point?
3: John was holding the wallet. Okay. If I recall, he took out money. John did? Yes. Do you know how much money? It was eighty dollars. I remember John's reaction even saying, quote, because I like capital and like, whoa, she's got a lot of money on her. You know. And they even offered to give me and I said, I don't want anything to do with it. Anything more in this case. You know?
2: Describe the wallet in the first for me, please.
3: It's like a maroon brown-colored wallet. I, it was a darker color. was in a light-colored wallet. I was, and I even, I know it was hers. So I even saw her. I, I could see, when you open it up, I could see her IT.
4: Like a driver's license? Yes. With her picture and stuff? Mm-hmm. Did you see the name, or just recognize the picture? Yeah, it
3: recognize. It was
4: her ID. Yeah. Okay. And then what happened?
3: They put it. They threw it in there. Who's that? Oh, John. And, John had thrown it back in in the trash. And we took off from that area right there. That's when I told Sam, "You better go. Better take off now. To be seen by either his family or some." Someone didn't know where he's at. Okay.
2: And what time was this that this occurred? I
3: don't know what time. It was late, though. It was late. Before or
2: after 10 o'clock?
3: I I didn't check the time. I really don't know. But I know when we all got to the club, it was almost too late to get in. It was a long line.
4: Can you give me a time, any time that evening, for example, when you were planning to get picked up? By Sam, when he finally arrived, you know you're looking at your watch, trying to figure out when. What time do you remember? Give me a a or a time that you last remember. One of those times in there, like, were you worried about? I'm not getting to John's house right away because it's this time. I don't remember the time. Do you remember anything about time? No. All you know was after you got home. Was it dark outside when Sam came? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. But you can't give any idea at this moment anyway as to any particular time that anything occurred other than the fact that it was really late when you got to the restaurant yeah. or the, or the um, nightclub. Nightclub. Mm-hmm. Too late to go in.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, you saw... Um, sorry. sorry you... No, okay. um, You saw them throw... Specifically, you saw John Barroso throw Kathy's wallet into the trash dumpster is that correct that's correct Uh, and you had said earlier that Sam had taken the knife from you and wrapped it in a a rag yes sir can you describe the rag
3: it was probably like a washcloth maybe I don't know if it was a rag piece of clothing I don't know it looked like a washcloth okay
2: and did you see what Sam did with the knife after that no sir when you saw the wallet in the trash can, in the trash dumpster, did you also see the knife or that rag in the trash can? Uh,
3: no, I don't remember.
2: This is important. Yes, sir. Since February 12, 1994 to the present time, have you ever talked to Sam about what happened to that knife? No. You never asked him one no. time? No. And he's never volunteered to you? No, nope.
3: said, I said, don't. I, want to, I don't want for you to tell me anything. I don't want to talk about this anymore. And... That was it. Do you know why Sam took her wallet? No.
2: Do you know why Sam wanted to park the car at into the Hospital? No idea. When you went to the trunk and the trunk was opened, um, <clears throat> you looked at Kathy's body, is that correct? That's correct. Did you have any sense in your mind that you could render any kind of medical aid to her?
3: She didn't look, and she was immobile. I didn't recognize her. She had. No. I didn't. She was dead.
2: And how do you know that?
3: You're this. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
4: then what did you guys discuss regarding what to tell the police, what story to tell, what tell, tell me about all the things you guys did discuss about what to say. Obviously you discussed some things in I, order to make sure your told, stories are straight. I told
3: him you told tell you. tell the tell the cops that You told who I'm sorry. I told them Sam down that you came picked me up early. We went over to um, John's house, and then from there he went to to go buy a Valentine's Day present at the mall.
4: So you told Sam to tell that story?
3: Yes. I even remember telling him after he left John's, well, before he left, I said, drive down to the mall. You told to show, Sam that? Yeah, drive over there. Just show that you went to the mall. And then what would you tell John? I really didn't say anything to John. He was there. He was there when I was telling Sam.
4: So here, did you tell Sam the story to tell the cops?
3: Yeah. Did you
2: tell Sam what time to say that he picked you up?
3: No. I, um, I really can't. Re- I really can't recall.
2: This is a, it's going to be difficult for you, but you got to be honest here. You obviously had to have had some kind of discussion with your sisters and your brother and your family members to tell them what to tell the police, correct?
3: Well, I didn't discuss it with anybody.
2: Well, How did they know to tell the same times that you were saying and that Sam was saying and to forget to tell the police that they went to John's house twice to pick you up if you haven't, hadn't told them that?
3: I never told him that. I never told him that. I thought they had told him the actual times. Maybe that, that we had set a time for him when he's going to come pick me up. And everybody told him, hey, tell the cops this. Never discuss that.
4: But you told Sam to tell the cops times. Did you tell them times? Did you discuss that so you can tell the cops about the same
3: time that... Well, to tell him that I was, you know, he was with me. Okay.
4: So you discussed with him, tell the cops you got to my house around this time, around whatever time it was? Mm -hmm. Do you remember talking about that?
3: I'm going to be honest with you, I don't remember that.
4: Could you have said that and you don't remember it? Probably. I'm just thinking of, in your shoes, if I was you and you're trying to... Make sure that you get a story that's straight. Timing is going to be a big issue when the cops start asking you, you know, 8.30 versus 9.30 or 10 <laughs> is a huge difference. I'm just trying to remember if you remember doing exactly what you said or how you said it or when you discussed it. Now, Barroso talked about you guys coming over and then you going to a bar to drink. Did you did you discuss that with him of what to tell the police? about that?
3: No. I had a drink at John's house. After Sam
4: left or before yeah. Sam left? or Yeah.
3: went back and got a drink with
4: him. So you didn't go to a bar? No. And you didn't discuss with Barroso what to say to the police? Jeez, no. Did you worry that... Well, you obviously you saw John Barroso with the wallet, getting money out, saying, "Oh, crumbah! You know, there's a lot of money here. Mm-hmm. Um, you want some? Did you did Brosso ask you that, or did Sam ask you if you wanted some of the money?"
3: Well, he he put his hand out like this. Brosso did or yeah. Sam? Sam and John did. He went like this, and I said, "No, I don't So want
4: he had the money. He uh, had taken out of the wallet. Yeah. And he had some money, and he handed,
3: yeah.
4: handed some towards you. Yeah. And just part of it, did he take like a part yeah, of it out of there a, and yes. handed some? But you said no. Mm-hmm. Did he give some to Sam? Yes. Did he take some himself? Yes, so he had some of the money, and you said the wallet was open where you could see the ID? Yes. So he could obviously be in a position to see the ID
3: mm-hmm.
4: and see who it was? Okay. Um, so if I got it right, he takes the money out, ID's right there. You could see it from your location, which I presume is further away than Barroso is? From the wallet because Barroso yes. has it in his hands. Yes. And it's open where you can see it, mm-hmm. so he could see it. Or in a position to see it. Okay. So, Sam or Barroso, John, knows something's up, right? Oh, yeah. And what does John tell you? What does John ask you? What does John say to you about this?
3: Like, I said, Pinchy what did you guys do? Okay. And what did you tell him? And then Sam was starting to tell him, and I said, Don't say a word. The least amount of people that know are better off.
4: I understood before that you were at the phone. You see them talking. You come up to them. Mm -hmm. And the first thing you said I think, in our conversation tonight, today, was that when you came up to them, you heard Sam talking and you immediately told him, don't say anything. Yeah. Is that before the money and the wallet and all that stuff happened? Yeah. So you say don't say anything and then you see the wallet? Well, he's at the, at the same time he's looking at it?
3: at the same time. Okay, it all so happened so fast. Okay,
4: so you've told Sam not to say anything. Then the interaction with the wallet occurs, money comes out, some is handed to you but you don't take it. Um, they can see, obviously, it's it's uh, Kathy's stuff. And Barroso is asking things like, what would you guys do? Mm-hmm. And then you say... To Sam, yes, don't say anything. I, I said don't say nothing. You, you said that Sam
2: started to tell him. Mm-hmm. What, what did Sam say before you said don't say anything? What did Sam tell John before you said don't mm-hmm. say
4: anything? It's important to tell the truth on this. Right. I mean, even if it you know, looks bad for somebody else or whatever, we just need to know the truth of what exactly was, was said so we can put the puzzle together.
3: Well, because uh, it was actually when John asked that, what did you guys do? He already already had talked to him already. When he, he was, like, reconfirming what he had told him. And, what did and then he, say? he said, what did you do? And Sam was going to start saying something. And I said, stop, don't even say it. I don't want him to know. I don't even want to know what happened. But do you
4: think. think he was already told?
3: Probably. More likely. It's a good, percent, a good high percent chance that he already... Did
4: John talk to you about it later?
3: I told him no. I don't want to to talk about it. It, like, shut it off in my mind.
0: Now, Tina Morris' statement to the court.
1: Good morning, Your Honor. I stand before this court, understanding that this is an opportunity to represent my dear sister, Kathy Torres. It is with great pride that I tell you that Kathy was a person full of love, hope, and aspirations. I'm also eternally grateful for the intelligence and determination of the DA, Mr. Matt Murphy, investigators, Mr. Darren Wyatt, and Mr. Larry Montgomery, who persevered and followed the evidence to uncover all the webs of deceit calculated by the defendant, Javier Lopez. So your honor and the court, let it be known today and for always how Javier Lopez is guilty for his part in the murder of my sister, Kathy Torres. Javier, you chose to end Kathy's life. Call it what you want. Tell others your fabricated stories But you cannot escape the truth from God. From now on, Javier, when you look in the mirror, you will see Kathy's bloody body. You will feel how you lifted her petite body to put her in the trunk of her car. Javier, remember the smell of her blood on you. Remember it, Javier, because many of us in this courtroom saw with our eyes and heard testimonies of the 74 stab wounds to her little body you thought by closing the trunk while she was still alive that her life was over but oh how wrong you were for you see kathy was alive and not alone in the trunk i firmly believe god was with her and embraced her pain and then her spirit as you drove away to continue your plans with your evil counterpart. Therefore, you have Kathy's blood on you. You, Javier, lived a life of lies. For so many years, you did everything you could to hide what you did. You had multiple opportunities to tell the truth, and yet your evil brain kept on covering up what you did to Kathy. Yes, in court, we saw how Kathy fought for her life and how so many stab wounds left her. It is sickening to know that you have the ability to smile, to talk, and present yourself to others as a regular person. Everyone, look around and look at him. Is this a person you want near your daughter, your sister, your cousin, or friend? No unless you are capable of defending a liar, a cold-blooded and non-human individual. Kathy did nothing to you and so much has been revealed this year for everyone to know how you are just as responsible for Kathy's murder. Your pleas are just pleas. Only an individual that is non-human can do what Javier did. He ignored Kathy's screams. He carried her bloody body. He shut the door on the trunk of her car. Then your your strange and intimate relationship with your cousin Samuel sealed Kathy's blood and death on your shoulders too. Javier, you will forever have Kathy's blood on you. That is your mark. But Javier, Kathy's story has a life of its own. For all the pain you inflicted on her, for all her blood on your hands, God has come through strengthening our faith and showing us how Kathy's life will continue to generate blessings for our family and for so many. So, I stand before you, Javier, and say you are guilty of far more than what you are playing. Bottom line, you will walk out at the time assigned, but you will never be free. Kathy's story is not over, and her mark stays with you. I thank the court for this time to be a voice for Kathy. We are the survivors who will carry on, for together we are strong.
0: Next time on Crime Beat, the Coast Conversation. I was the guest of Coast Magazine editor Samantha Dunn at Chapman Crafted Brewery, where she interviewed me and senior editor Todd Harmonson about making this podcast. Crime Beat, Season 2, was produced by the Southern California News Group. The executive editor was Frank Pine. The senior editor was Todd Harmonson. Audio editing, mixing, and music by Kevin Sablon. Field recording and videos by Jeff Gritchen, Graphics by Kurt Snibby. And I want to give special thanks to podcasters who inspired this work. Amy Wilson and Amber Hunt on Accused. Sarah Koenig on Serial. Brian Reed on S-Town. Chris Gofford on Dirty John. Madeline Barron on In the Dark. Nate DiMeo on The Memory Palace. And Phoebe Judge on Criminal. The best way you can support this podcast is to give us high ratings, write great reviews, and tell your friends to check out our work. Also, you can listen to Crime Beat Season 1, Stealing Nixon's Millions. That story was the inspiration behind the 2019 movie Finding Steve McQueen, starring Forrest Whitaker, Travis Fimmel, Rachel Taylor, and William Fickner. Thanks for listening. Here's more information on the play Arsenic and Old Lace at the La Theatre for the Performing Arts. The play is scheduled to run from January 24th through February 16th. Use the promo code ANTBOGO, A-U-N-T-B-O-G-O, for a discount on tickets at lamiradatheatre.com.